You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Today on Preaching Source, we are happy to have Pastor Chris Osborne, who serves as a senior pastor of Central Baptist Church in College Station, Texas. Pastor Osborne, welcome to Preaching Source. Thank you. Glad to be here. You're on campus at Southwestern Seminary for the Text-Driven Preaching Conference. Where did you first hear the term text-driven preaching, and at what point in your ministry did you begin to practice expository preaching? Okay, this sounds really crazy, but it's true. Uh, I didn't hear the phrase text-driven until probably I read David Allen's book. Uh, But my third sermon ever, I, I felt impressed by God to take the passage in Mark 6, Jesus walking on the water, and stay in that text and preach whatever I found there. Would never have known the phrase text-driven, and I did that from then on. And I was probably extreme because I, I, I would only—I didn't even look at accompanying passages. It was only what was in that text. So I, God actually sort of drove it into my soul before I even knew what it was. Wow. You led a breakout session today at the preaching conference entitled Humor in Preaching. Uh, for our audience today, many of whom are pastors, can you give them an overview of your breakout session? Yeah, I can tell you after doing a dissertation, it's not, nothing's funny anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think humor is like illustrations. People today have a, have a focus limit. I, I think a focus limit and a listening limit are different in preaching in your congregation. They have a focal limit of probably 8 to 10, 12 minutes. So you've got to use something in there to kind of break that. And sometimes humor is a good way to do it. If you're preaching a sermon on Ephesians 5, women submitting in a day when women don't want to submit and don't believe it's a good idea, you better use some humor because you're a man telling women what to do. They're not geared for that. So you've got to use some humor to kind of help difficult warrants to alter in your people. Humor uh, releases tension. It's, it helps them value you. You can use some self-deprecation. You do it limited, but they begin to go, okay, he, he doesn't think he's the premier man on the planet. So humor has a lot of great uses. You just have to be careful. You don't want to get intoxicated by making people laugh, and you think that's part of your sermon. What would you say to the person who's not naturally funny, that it doesn't come natural to them? Yeah, I would say to them, don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the best way to know is if your wife tells you you're not funny, you're not funny. Yeah. You've been at your church now for over 25 years. If you were able to start over again, what is one thing that you would change, and what's one thing that you would keep the same? You know, I don't—the only thing I would change is uh, in 31 years at Central— is sometimes hiring staff, I hired somebody, even if I had a red flag, I would never do that anymore. We only hire from within. So that's probably the only major thing I'd change. Other than that, we might have changed the worship style a little quicker than we did. But uh, man, it's it's been a fun ministry. It's been a good time. Love college kids. So uh, I don't know there's that much we would alter. You said that you hire from within. How are you able to identify character over time and talent in order to to raise them up as leaders in your church? Yeah, I think we ask around particularly about character. We ask certain pointed questions about character. It's pretty easy to see if a guy's gifted or not. So character is more important to us. But we've learned you don't want to be incestuous, but people that have come out of our church culture 
and know it and trust it and like it work better in it than people that have come from a totally different church culture and have to adapt. It's that adapting that some people can and some people can't. You know, in baseball, you have the minor leagues. Do you have a farm league system so that you're able to, as we mentioned, see the talent that's out there, uh, residencies, internships? How are you able to cultivate that? that We do some residency. We do a number of internships. We have a lot of kids that serve with us. I, uh, until I got in the PhD, I would meet uh, every kid that wanted to go into ministry. I'd meet with them Thursday mornings at 7 o'clock, and we just walked through all sorts of questions and issues. I still meet with a couple of guys that are, feel called to pastor. I'm walking them through some books I read in PhD work. But uh, we watch kids when they leave. We keep up with them when they're ministries. And then we bring them back if they look like they'll fit what we need. Yeah. Yeah, related question. You're well known for your investment of young preachers. Why is this important, and how do you do it? Oh, listen, it's critical for me. You get to my age, you're 66, you're pastor in a college town, you better have some idea what they like and don't like. And so these young pastors really help me. I, I think way more than I help them, and that's not some humble expression. That's just probably fact. But uh, we spend, we take, uh, my wife and I host the kids that are today senior pastors and their wives. She takes the wives, I take the guys, and we go from Thursday evening to Sunday morning at noon. Our church pays for everything. We take them to a bed and breakfast. We stay in there. All our meals are provided. And I meet with the guys, and she meets with the girls, and we just walk. I walk with the guys through every aspect of ministry. A lot of them lead the sessions now. I just kind of make sure we work on the time and make sure the discussion isn't getting out of hand. But we walk through everything pastors face. It's just why I only bring in senior pastors, not just staff. That's good. You mentioned that uh, you serve in a college town. How do you reach millennials in your preaching? You know, the one thing I've learned, number one, there, uh, there are a couple things about millennials. They're, they're hardcore. If they don't think you're authentic, they're not coming. Uh, they're not coming if they think you're mad. They, uh, they don't know anything about the Bible. I mean, we had one of our staff members teaches a Sunday school class of about 50 young couples. He asked the other day, how many of you know the story of David and Goliath? 24 had never heard it. So these kids have no Bible basis. But I think there's still some hunger there. And so you have a chance, if they don't think you're angry, but they think you're legit and you're fair with the Bible and you're honest with your Bible, but you seem to be loving, which kind of goes back to humor. I can speak to an issue with humor, but I can't attack a person with humor because they'll immediately be gone. They don't. So you've got to work around what bothers them. And it's probably a legitimate thing. I'm not sure you should use humor on people. But on issues, yes. Do you deploy folks from your church to the college campuses in order to reach them first? Do they come to you? Uh, how do college students in, in your town hear about Central Baptist yeah, Church? It's kind of both and. You yeah. have Impact, which is a freshman introduction to A&M, and it's led by Christian people. They have a list of churches there. We uh, move kids into the dorms. We take them bottles of water when they first move in. They're always moving in August, and in Texas, August is really hot. So we do ministry there, and then they also word of mouth come. So it's kind of a both-end thing. Some of our pastors today listening on Preaching Source may minister in college towns, and some of the strategies that Pastor Osborne has just mentioned, very valuable stuff here. What's the greatest challenge to pastoring in a college town? You know, you've got to really, uh, 
you you can't be boring. I mean, I don't know any other way to say that. If you're boring, they're not coming back to your church. And you've got to have something. They can't just not be boring. You've got to have some substance that they can take home. These kids are sharp. Aggies are sharp kids. They're not, they're not, uh, they're just, they're driven and they're sharp. And if you bore them or you waste their time, they're not coming back. What's the greatest benefit to ministering in a college town? Oh, it's great. When you have 10 college kids sitting in, in a section of the church, they got their Bibles open, they're taking notes. Your older people will immediately go, oh, I better get my Bible out and take some notes. These kids are making me look bad. I mean, it's, it's powerful. They bring energy to the worship. We use them like dogs. We have like 20 uh, different ministry teams composed of college students doing senior adult work, children's, youth, special needs. We use them all over the church. So we actually milk them. That's great. What encouragement would you provide a pastor transitioning to a church in a college town? I tell him he's really got to work on what he's doing. They come for the preaching and the worship. And if your worship is old school, they're not coming. If your preaching is boring and has no point, they're not coming. So you've got to get your worship to date. You've got to get your preaching with some semblance of uh, anointing by God. You know, as we mentioned, we're here for the Texture of Him Preaching Conference. You just mentioned the importance of, of being a, a good preacher to college students. What are the qualities of must-have preaching? Again, I don't think you can be boring. I, I don't think you can go 50 minutes. You can't ramble. you got to make a point. It's got to be a point they can get, that they can see they need in their life. So you really have to apply it. Um. They've got to see that you're authentic. They don't expect you to be perfect, but if they see you in town flipping somebody off or cursing somebody or road rage, then they're not coming back. They've got to see some legitimacy in your lifestyle, and they know you. Yeah. So. That's great. Today on Preaching Source, we are happy to have, what an honor it's been to have Pastor Chris Osborne, again, Senior Pastor of Central Baptist Church in College Station, Texas. Pastor, thanks for being here today. Hey, good time. Thank you very much.